Welcome to the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast, helping one student at a time. Visit NPTEFF.com to enroll today so you can pass tomorrow. Thank you for joining us here on the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast. My name is David. And my name is Emily. Today is a special interview episode with Dr. F. Scott Feel. Dr. Feel is a physical therapist, educator, and founder of the PT Educator. Many of his patients refer to him as Dr. Feelgood, which helps shine a light on the way he impacts his patients and those around him. Based on this nickname given to him by his patients, he then created Feelgood Industries. So when Dr. Scott is not treating patients or educating those around him, he serves as a loving husband, father of two, and a major sports fan. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate that. That was an excellent intro. You guys covered all the bases. Perfect. Good. So let's go right into some questions. First, let's let our listeners know a little bit more about you. Where are you from and where did you complete your degrees? Uh, yes. Uh, so I'm from Islip, New York, originally out on Long Island there. Uh, moved around a bunch in between. Uh, did my undergrad at uh, Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where I was an English major. A uh, little fun fact that uh, not a direct path into physical therapy, believe it or not. Uh, and then I ended up doing a master's program at East Carolina University. When I, when I graduated, it was still a master's program. Uh, but I, I ended up starting it there, uh, the transitional doctorate, and then uh, I ended up finishing it at University of St. Augustine. So I finished my transitional doctorate there. And while I was there, the head of the EDD program, the educational doctorate, asked if I wanted to uh, teach at some point. And I said, no, I don't, I don't really know that that's my, my calling. And he's like, all right, well, think about it. And I did. And turns out that it is a pretty good fallback plan. And it <laughs> turned out to be uh, even better than I expected. So uh, I did my educational doctorate at University of St. Augustine as well, uh, very thankfully. Uh, and it's kind of led me to where I'm at today. That's incredible. You know, everything happens for a reason. And guess what? All of us on this podcast are from New York. So New York is definitely being represented <laughs> tonight. <laughs> so that being said, uh, why did you choose to become a physical therapist? Yeah. So like I said, as an English major, it's not really a direct path from English to, to uh, physical therapy, right? My dad was an English teacher uh, on Long Island for many, many years. And uh, he, you know, I was pretty decent at reading and writing because he started us at such an early age. So that was, you know, easy for me. The, the AP tests were kind of, you know, pretty simple. So I, I placed out a freshman English, but by the time I was a senior, I realized I didn't want to do anything in the world of English. I didn't want to read or write or edit or teach. So I had to find something to do. Uh, and I, I, my senior year, I was taking golf, bowling and intro to Japan. And I figured that's way too much time on my hands. So I volunteered at the hospital there in Winston-Salem and they, uh, put me in the physical therapy department. And, uh, you know, I was just filing away uh, old home exercise programs and, and functional outcome measures and things like that for them. And I was looking in the gym and I said, wow, this looks really cool. They're like batting balloons around and playing volleyball with the patients and like, you know, rolling around on the mats and stuff. I said, this, this looks awesome. Like, I, I definitely think I could do this for the rest of my life. Um, plus it kind of helped me from not having to take, uh, organic chemistry for med school. So that, that pretty much was the deciding factor. I said, 
you know, I, I, I could do physical therapy. And then I looked at the prereqs and realized I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't have that. And so I had to take a whole nother year of math and science just to get into PT school. Uh, but once I did, it was smooth sailing. So that's interesting because although you may have not wanted to teach English specifically, as a physical therapist and more importantly, educator now, you did kind of stay within that teaching realm. You just switched focuses. So with that being said, tell us more about the PT educator and why you developed this. Yeah. So, you know, the the teaching portion for me was really just, you know, my, my distaste in teaching was sitting in on a bunch of my dad's courses when he was young, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, a high school English teacher, he taught a couple of honors classes, but most of them were kind of like the, 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 you know, special ed or, you know, special needs type classes. It was some of the lower range kids. And I just couldn't do that. Like I could, I didn't have the patience that he did to sit there and like, try to educate these kids and teach these kids who didn't want to be educated and who were busy, you know, firing spitballs around the room. And, you know, throwing erasers at each other and stuff. I was like, how do you deal with that every day? And he's like, ah, you just kind of tune it out. And, you know, you try to reach them at some level and connect with them. And that really kind of draws them in at times. And I said, all right, well, that's not for me. That's for sure. So, uh, you know, fast forward, you know, several years. And, and I realized that that teaching was definitely a calling of mine. But the thing that drew me into the EDD was that the head of the program said, hey, look, like, you know, graduate school is a completely different beast. Like these people are paying to be there. They want to learn this information. Most of them, you know, have to learn it because they need to take a, some sort of board exam or something, right? Uh, or finish a dissertation or whatever it may be. So like these people are well invested in the knowledge and the learning. And that's where it really started to click to me that, oh, okay, some people really do like learning and, and the process of learning. And that's what what it was for me. I mean, I you know, I love the theory behind it. I loved uh, the, the the thought processes that go into both the teaching side of things and the learning side of things. And I didn't even know that I didn't know how to learn until I went through my EDD program. I was like a rote memorization guy. And that, that, didn't, that didn't get me very far. That didn't cut it, you know. So uh, once I learned how to learn and, and, and in turn how to teach, I thought, you know, for the most part, especially as physical therapists, we're all educators. You know, we, we all educate, whether it be our patients or other coworkers or, you know, students that we have, uh, or if you go into academia eventually and you actually do, do teach physical therapy students in some way, shape or form, we're all educators. Right. And I think once I put together the, the you know, fact that storytelling is really just, you know, uh, another way to educate, that's when it really clicked for me. And that's when PT Educator started. I thought, all right. I need to start using my English background and, and writing blogs and coming up with uh, all these different ways to teach and educate the general public. And then eventually it kind of swung back towards some of the clinicians too. So once I uh, kind of got into my groove of trying to help solve the student loan issues uh, that were out there, that's when I really started diving in heavy to, to some of the content and creating that content to help tell stories and eventually educate. That's great. And in speaking about investment into knowledge, you're also one of the great hosts of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. What led to the start of that successful podcast and what led to your involvement in it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Brandon Pone and I were the ones that kind of started that podcast and we both had really bumpy rides through our graduate schooling. Uh, you know, for me, it was the master's program. For him, it was the doctorate. Uh, and then eventually, I, I, you know, like I said, the transitional doctorate, but it wasn't at that point, it wasn't that bad for me. I just realized that, you know, there were 
things that could have been taught better, I think, and things that I struggled with, um, again, mainly because I didn't know how to learn effectively. Um, and he kind of felt the same way. And we said, all right, there's these things that are wrong with the healthcare system and educational system as well. It's a pretty broken system and we're not the ones to fix it. Like we're not, we haven't even taught a class yet, so we don't know. But we thought if we could get the experts in to kind of talk about their knowledge and their experiences, what they thought was wrong with it and how they would fix it, that's, you know, how we could kind of find best practices in healthcare education and try to tear down some of the silos between uh, professions. And so that's where that podcast kind of started from. And uh, we're still doing it today. And, you know, we look forward to having you guys on the show soon. Perfect. Yes, I know we are definitely looking forward to being on the show as well. So what is one thing you feel could make the physical therapy profession better? I know you kind of went into the education aspect a little bit, but if you could just choose one thing, what would it be? Yeah, it's, uh, it's basically the whole, you know, the number one most given answer on our podcast. And the reason I wrote the book, PT Educator Student Debt Eliminator, it's cost. The debt to income ratio for physical therapists is bad and getting worse. And if we don't start thinking of alternative ways to use our skill sets and, and really figure out what we can do as a profession, uh, we're, we're going to have some real problems maintaining therapists. You know, they're going to start jumping ship and leaving the field, but also getting new therapists into the field. Uh, so I, I really think we've got to figure out a way to either cut down the costs or increase our value as, as therapists. Yes, I completely agree. I feel like this is a topic that could have episodes and episodes worth of information to discuss and try to dive into what we can do as a profession. But unfortunately, we definitely need to do more. And it's something that needs to be talked about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, speaking of new therapists, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a physical therapy student preparing for the board exam? Ooh. Yeah. So I, I, my story is obviously uh, for those of you who don't know it, it took me a handful of times to pass that board exam. And there's a lot to unpack there, but one of them was, like I said, I was a rote memorizer. I just would try to memorize facts and reread it in the book over and over and over again. I realized that's not really learning and that didn't help me any. Um, but two, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD. So had I known that back then, I definitely would have uh, figured out some some coping mechanisms and you know probably some accommodations and things like that. It would have been nice to be you know on on medications for that as well back in the day, but it is what it is. I got to where I'm at now. The biggest thing I think for me uh, was really just trying to figure out how to connect bigger picture items, right? So like, yes, we need to know about shoulder issues, right, and shoulder pain. But like, if you take that step back and you look at the 30,000 foot view and you kind of figure out, all right, what could be causing the shoulder pain and how does that relate to further down the chain and, and, you know, function and then the bigger picture of the patient, you know, I think it's really connecting the dots on, on bigger picture themes uh, is really what finally brought it all together for me instead of trying to memorize straight facts about the shoulder and a different diagnosis of the shoulder. Yes, that is a great piece of advice because that's exactly what I had to do too. I noticed when I kind of switched my focus to big picture, clinical reasoning, thinking of as a patient themselves, how would they be presenting instead of just trying to memorize information and key points? This really helped me. One, I think just prepare to be a physical therapist better for the future, but also succeed and pass that exam that we all need to pass, you know, to be able to work. (laughs) So finally, the last question, and I think this is the most important question of all, 
if you had to choose one favorite athlete of all time, who would you choose and why? Ooh, this is super tough. Um, it's, you know, it, it depends on the sport, obviously. I uh, love all my New York sports teams. However, it's still, to this day, it's got to probably be Mike Piazza. Um, there's so much that goes into that one. Uh, you know, I collected baseball cards for many, many years. The only ones I still have to this day is Mike, Mike Piazza collection, all of his rookie cards. I loved him when he was a Dodger, even I, I just thought he was you know great. Then when he finally came to my team, right. He's on the Mets. Oh my goodness. Like what, you know, this is amazing. It was combining my favorite player with my favorite team. So, uh, that, and like the nine 11 post nine 11 home run that just kind of, you know, instilled that, that feeling of joy and, and power back into the city. Like, uh, that, you know, they've written stories on it. There's been, uh, you know, documentaries on it. It's just such a huge event in New York sports history. And, uh, you know, one of the few hall of famers for the New York Mets. So it's gotta be Mike Piazza. Yeah. And I think that that's a great choice. And I totally remember him from the Dodgers, uh, as a kid growing up w- reading sports illustrated for kids. Yep. I remember seeing distinctly Mike Piazza playing the drums on the cover of one of those issues and just seeing him play the drums and stuff. It was so relatable and it was just like, so cool to see an athlete playing drums. And yeah, he, he was, he was a literal rock star, man. I mean, the guy was just epic, you know? Hey, then no better place than ending up in good old New York. Right. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right guy, right time, right place. Oh yeah. All right. So I am sure David and Dr. Field could talk about the Mets all day long. So I'm going to have to cut them off here so that our listeners don't have to have a 30 minute podcast. So thank you again for joining us here on the MPTE final frontier podcast, Dr. Feel. I love when we are able to have special guest appearances on the podcast, because I really feel as though this is such a great way for our listeners to be able to gain some new insights into our profession and learn some amazing information along the way. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure's all of ours. Thank you so much. Now that you have heard our interview with Dr. F. Scott Field, here's a quote from Tom Seaver. The concentration and dedication, the intangibles are the deciding factors between who won and who lost. So keep your dedication, keep that concentration, keep your focus on your exam. Keep your focus on your studies, keep your focus on your dreams and your goals, and keep on pursuing them. You are powerful. You are strong. You are a final frontier warrior. You will pass. Thank you very much for listening. For more information on the NPTE Final Frontier, please visit NPTEFF.com. You can also check out all of our social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Till next time, have a great day and a powerful tomorrow.